everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the RX. This is your host, Shweta Kochi. And today we have with us Dr. Margaret Carey, CEO and co-founder of A Whole New Doctor, and Elizabeth Dante, MD candidate at Georgetown University School of Medicine. Thank you both so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Yes, you're welcome. We're delighted to be here. Dr. Carey, can you tell me a little bit about the hashtag title free zone? Sure. Well, one of the things... Um, is that medicine is a very hierarchical system. So our, a, a whole new doctor, and actually the essay class I teach at Georgetown, it's Hashmark Title Free Zone because if my students call me Maggie, call me Dr. Carrie instead of Maggie, they have to pay $5 to the Hoya Clinic. So can you tell us a little bit about a whole new doctor and your reasoning for, this pre for creating this amazing organization? Sure, I, I'll start, but I think the story really is better told by Elizabeth because it's the students who mostly run this. And several years ago, Jack Penner, who is long graduated and is, was a unicorn and is a unicorn, asked me if I would work with him to teach, to improve his writing. And then I sort of said, well, you'd like to be coached. And he'd come to my house about once a month pretty much for about three to four hours on a Saturday or Sunday and we chat. And then we very quickly decided, what if we could offer this to all the students? So we created a whole new doctor. Um, and I think we're about ready. Is it cohort nine this fall, Elizabeth? Nine, that's right. Oh, I, I feel I, I'm a professional coach. I feel very strongly that having a coach is advantageous to physicians. And I thought that if we started with students, they'd have a longer time to get accustomed to having a coach. And one of the things that we try to do is to give the students ways to not only survive, but thrive in medical school. Now, I, I think Elizabeth really can speak as someone who's been through the program and is in our leadership team. Thanks, Maggie. So I went through the program for the first time when I was a first year medical student. I had no idea what this quote unquote coaching was. I never heard of this before, um, but I had heard great things through word of mouth and I, it was, it seemed like a community I wanted to be part of. So basically how it works is we have um, a big uh, initial session where we have usually have 20 students every year who come to our day long session where we talk about what coaching is, we do certain exercises and then Arguably, the most impactful part of the day is when Maggie sits down with one of the leadership team members and does a live coaching example. And what it usually looks like is one of us brings, you know, uh, an issue, something we have on our minds, whether it be personal, academic, whatever it may be, something that's been eating at us. And what Maggie does is she doesn't say, oh, you should do this or you should do that. She asks us questions. Why do you feel that way? What are you looking for? And with these questions, these professional coaches are able to guide you towards what you feel is best for you to do in that situation. And it's in, an incredibly rewarding process because in the midst of having this person talk you through your own, uh, what your brain is trying to tell you, the most valuable thing I got from this program was that I'm more than just a medical student. I'm more than just a person who studies all day and has problems with studying and memorizing and such. I am so many other things. And I think that when you're reminded of that, whether in your coaching or whether as part of this community that we've built here, 
all, all of that adds up to building resilience and hopefully what our hope is to decrease burnout. So I really think it's an incredible program. And I, I was saying to Maggie the other night, you know, how lucky are we to talk about something that we're passionate about? And we're really passionate about this program. So I'll start with Elizabeth this time. Can you tell me a little bit about what a coaching session looks like? Sure. So it can last, you know, around 45 minutes to an hour, perhaps. And usually what I would do with my coach is I would jot down a few thoughts that had been, you know, maybe eating at me that week or things that I have noticed I continuously have trouble with. So perhaps it was um, someone I was dealing with in on a rotation, maybe a, a resident I was dealing with that I didn't feel like I was interfacing with very well. And I wanted to know you know, how to communicate better, what wasn't being translated, or even bigger things like, you know, where do I want to match for residency? What specialty do I want to do? You know, how do I deal with all of these things of all these stressors of medical school piling on top without losing all of the other things I love about myself, all my other hobbies and interests and friends, etc. Um, so it could be anything along those lines that you bring to your coach. And as I said, the coach guides you through with open-ended questions and, and slowly start to make sense of what's brewing in your mind. Awesome. And Maggie, can you tell us from a coach's perspective, what are some strategies that you teach medical students on how to build that resilience and that emotional intelligence? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And, you know, we have about 40 volunteer coaches. I don't coach all the medical schools. We have 40, and these are professional coaches not associated with the medical school who are credentialed and coach executives and things like that. And I think that um, we don't really have, we each have our own ways of doing things, and there is no one way to build resilience. I think part of it is to, as Elizabeth, as Elizabeth said, is so what does that mean for you? So what do you feel around that? So when that happens, what are you doing? And where do you feel that in your body? And I know it sounds a little airy-fairy. The goal is to try to get the person who's being coached to figure out their own strategies for resilience, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So as with any, any coaching session, whether it be leadership coaching or even basketball coaching, it's a two-way street, right? So I think what I've noticed from my own experience working with a coach myself through a whole new doctor, it's that it matters as much what the medical student brings to the table as what the coach brings to the table. Because the coach can be there at, to support you, to ask you these kinds of open-ended questions. But unless the medical student is willing to be vulnerable and willing to work with that coach throughout that hour session or that 45-minute session, I found that it's, it's not as productive as it can be. Um, and have you felt the same way, Elizabeth? And can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah, the minute you said the word vulnerable, um, yes, that's so true. I think the idea of being vulnerable with a new person, just vulnerable in general as a medical student is such a new concept, right? Like we always have to be operating at our best. We, we don't admit weakness. We're, we're constantly, you know, how they say, you know, firing on all cylinders. So to step into a room with a stranger and suddenly pour out all of the things that are bothering you and really being introspective and self-aware, I mean, that is so difficult. And you're right, it is a two-way street. You, you, the, the student needs to be vulnerable and you know, the coach needs to be there to support that vulnerability. 
Um, so it, it is so difficult to do, especially if it's so out of your comfort zone, unlike anything you've ever done, but it is so rewarding. I completely agree. So as you said, that is a very difficult, a, a very difficult thing to do. So how did you find yourself working on being more, more vulnerable or being more open with your coach and building those, like building greater productivity in your sessions? I noticed that, you know, I'm, I'm a list person, not everyone is, but I noticed when I brought in little things to talk about, even if they were, you know, even if I thought to myself, I don't know what a leadership coach does. Is, is this what she's looking for? Is this, is this the right question to ask her? Even if I wasn't sure, just writing it down and, you know, I, I put the idea out there and then we take it from there. So like having things planned to ask was helpful because, um, it was a plan that I had to stick with, if that makes sense, that I, I couldn't go back on asking that question or, or exploring that idea. I think the other thing was I ramped it up uh, stepwise. So I, I didn't ask to, I didn't talk, want to speak about very, very personal things week one. So I, I gave a little teaspoon at a time. And eventually I felt so comfortable with my coach. It helps that these coaches are not affiliated in any way with Georgetown. So you just feel very comfortable after a while gradually. So Maggie, you mentioned that all the coaches are credentialed. So what does it mean to be credentialed as a coach? And what are some skills that um, coaches have in general? Sure. To be credentialed means there's, there's two or three different credentialing bodies. And the main one is the International Coach Federation or, or Coach Federation. And that it means that you've gone through a training program and you've had um, there's three different levels, ACC, Associate, PCC, Professional, and MCC, Master. And it means you've gone through the training and you've also got an X number of hours um, under your belt. I think what, um, I think one of the challenges is people say, oh, I can be a coach. I used to think I was a coach until I went to coach school uh, long, 13 years ago. Um, and being a coach is an entirely different way of thinking and asking questions than being a doctor, which is a find it and fix it mentality. And so I think it's important to be trained so that you don't resort to the differential diagnostic approach with your students because, or your coaching clients, because the goal is to help them find their own answers. Um, it's very different from a mentor. It's very different from a therapist. I like to say therapists are more about archaeology and coaches are more about architecture. We help you build your future. And I think the training is really important. And I know there are programs that will take you through a week of training or a long weekend and say, hi, you're now a coach. So I'm an EO doc, okay? You are a family doc. And if I went away and took a week-long coach in neurosurgery, would you let me drill a burr hole in your head? No. And, no. And that's why it's important to have the training, which is mandated by the Coach Federation. I think you mentioned something that was very important and a question that's been brought up a lot for uh, my peers. How does coaching differentiate from therapy? Can you go into a little bit more detail about that, please? Sure. Well, it's more like architecture. So as a coach, what I'm what, what we do is we help you build your future. We ask you the questions to help you put down the foundation and help you run the electricity to build the walls. 
But as a therapist, you're more going, I have a phrase I use, but this is a family-friendly radio station, so I won't use it, but you're going over your past stuff bit by bit to figure out what makes you tick. And that is valid, right? The other thing with therapy is to be seen by a therapist, you need a diagnosis. And as coaches, we assume our clients are whole and completely capable of finding their own answers. So they don't have a diagnosis. They're just people. Okay. And it's a longitudinal program for all four years of medical school, correct? Not exactly. I'm going to have Elizabeth talk about the different variations of that. So I happened to start in my first year and then became involved with the leadership team. But uh, students can go through a whole new doctor and go through the coaching at any stage of medical school. Um, And it's not something that you have to commit to, you know, going forward. Um, Some students work with their coach and love the community and stay involved in one way or another. And and some students work with their coach and move on from there after their coaching sessions are complete. It's, it's what you make of it. Let me just add, I mean, I think the thing about coaching is that not everybody wants or needs a coach. And when you start requiring coaches for everybody, it changes the whole dynamics. Our program is entirely voluntary from the students to the faculty to the coaches. I see, okay. And Elizabeth, you have the, um, the unique experience of having worked with a coach for all four years, from freshman year to now. And um, can you speak a little bit on how coaching has made a difference and uh, an impact on, on the uh, years throughout medical school and how you feel like, like what has improved and what has changed in terms of your thought process, in terms of strategies that you implement, and things like that? That's a great question. So I actually, I mainly worked with a coach my first year. Um, and from there, just in general, became involved with the leadership team and would go to what we call our booster sessions, which are, you know, outside of coaching, one-on-one with a coach, the alumni, shall we say, or other members of the whole new doctor get together and we do some sort of coaching exercise or thought exercise to build resilience. So I've been involved in those things, but for, for me specifically, coaching was unexpected, but entirely necessary for me. In my first year, I had um, some personal and academic struggles that were unexpected, and it was very easy to lose sight of who I was as a whole person. And what my coach did for me was have me step back and say, you're so much more than just a medical student. So if this year you're struggling with being a medical student, that doesn't mean you're struggling with being a human. You're also doing great at being a friend and a daughter and all of these other things. And it gives you a sense of perspective that allows me at the time to then say, you know what, I'm gonna get through this. This is not forever. This does not define me. I am not a, um, a failure of a medical student. I am not a struggler of a medical student. I'm going to get through this and I'm going to, as I am now, eventually become a fourth year and it's not going to define me on the whole. And I wouldn't be able to think that way without a coach. I had a similar experience with my coach as well. When I met with my coach during that first year of medical school, I was facing a lot of imposter syndrome and I was also struggling a lot academically as well. And meeting with my coach and being able to reach that mindset. Med school is much harder. It's hard for a reason and it's hard for everyone. 
And the struggle that you're going through is not a struggle that you're going through alone and you're allowed to ask for help. And I think that was my biggest conclusion that I made through coaching was that there's so much power in asking for help. I, I couldn't agree more that like resonates with my soul. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of coaching. You create a safe space in which you can be vulnerable and learn to ask for help. Something that my coach said once was, it's not hard to not ask for help. It's very easy to sit in your corner with your feelings buried down deep and not say anything to anyone about it. That's very easy. It takes far more strength to raise your voice in a crowded room and say, I need help and I'm going to look for it. That's what takes courage and strength. So I really resonate with what you said. Maggie, you mentioned that not everybody needs or wants a coach. So how could a coaching program like A Whole New Doctor be incorporated into a medical school curriculum in a longitudinal manner that allows for the people that want coaching or need coaching to receive that, that resource and um, not feel like it's a requirement that's being like pushed onto to all students. Well, you know, I've thought about how to do that. And I think one of the ways I think Georgetown has um, some different tracks and that this could be a track, I mean, not just to be coached, but perhaps to learn how to, a coaching approach. And um, it's, a, it's a labor intensive um, endeavor. And our coaches do it because they love it. Right around September, they start saying, am I going to get a medical student this year? Because <laughs> we have more coaches than students. And, um, and, and they really, coaches tend to be a very altruistic group. So how would, I mean, I would ask Elizabeth, who's a, in the school, to how she would envision we could do this. I think it goes back to what you said earlier, Maggie, that once you make something mandatory, it changes the dynamic. My vision for this is that it would be something that is offered to all medical students who want it, but is in no way mandatory. And again, the other very important factor is that the coaches must not be affiliated with the school in any way. Again, it's about creating that safe space. And then the other element that I think would be helpful, you know, obviously you need a faculty advocate, a, really a faculty warrior, much like Maggie is, you know. Um, and of course, the student voices that are, are a part of that to speak up. And, you know, I heard about a whole new doctor through word of mouth. And it's those student voices who say, this is a great program. You need to be a part of this. But the other special thing about a whole new doctor, the fact that it's not mandatory or in this vision, it would not be mandatory is that it's not an, if it's not an official part of the curriculum, a written in stone part of the curriculum, it also allows it to change very quickly. So, you know, and that could be due to multiple things, but look at last year, we used to have a day long in-person event, multiple in-person booster sessions. We had to flip that on a dime in the setting of COVID and turn the whole thing into a virtual setting when the entire sort of principle of our community is based on feeling close to our community members and getting to know each other and you know, showing each other that we're not alone. And that's really hard to do over Zoom. But because there weren't a lot of rules or things in the way, we could sort of just pivot and make it the best we could. Things happen, things change all the time. But the fact that a whole new doctor would be something that can change and adapt quickly would be an asset. So we talked about the benefits of coaching 
And I know that a lot of medical students sometimes shy away from coaching. Maybe they feel like, oh, I don't need it. Like I'm fine. What would be your advice for that? Have you tried it? (laughs) (laughs) Or or come to the kickoff workshop. We're doing it in person this year. (laughs) And you can go to the workshop. You don't, and then you have to be interviewed to see if you really understand what what your responsibilities are. So just because the, the workshop's really fun and you can come to the workshop, have a good time and then go home and not, and not want to coach. It doesn't matter. We just want to bring people together so they can have fun. You were at a workshop, right? Did you have a good time? I did. Um, I was at the in-person workshop. I think it might have been the first, is the last one or the second to last one before COVID hit. And I had so much fun. I actually didn't know that I wanted or needed coaching. I came because I saw like the phrase, a whole new doctor. I'm like, well, I definitely want to be a really amazing doctor. And I think this would be a great way for me to become that. I didn't know what coaching was. I didn't know what the program was about, but it was a a resource that a few of my friends were considering. And I thought, okay, let me, let me try this and see if I like it. I came to the workshop. I loved it. I fell in love with just the idea of coaching and the idea of Um, like becoming better and improving yourself introspectively. And this is something that's always stuck with me too. I think that the idea of introspection and uh, self-improvement and self-growth has always stuck with me throughout high school, throughout college, and then into medical school. And I knew that's something that I try to give back to my friends and the people around me too. Like getting into medical school, I always try to help my pre-med friends and like other pre-med students in like bolstering their applications, helping them understand that like, if you don't get into medical school the first time, how can we improve? How can you improve? How can you be better? That self-improvement was always with me. And so when I came to that workshop, I thought this is, this is where I need to be. Like, this is exactly what I, all of these are values that I have already. And meeting with a coach, I didn't realize that there were things that I needed to be coached on until I met with my coach. And the first thing she asked me was, how are you? And I don't think I had asked, asked myself that question for months into medical school, because it was just like on and on, like super quick, like lecture after lecture after lecture. And there's no time to sit and breathe and be present in the moment. And so when she asked me, how are you? I thought to myself, how am I? Um, (laughs) So that's when I realized like, wow, there's a lot I need to work on. And I'm really glad I came to coaching. And I realized now that I know they exist, like, how can we improve them? And now I have this coach that will help me improve them. You might not realize now that this is something that you could benefit from, but if you just try it, you'd be surprised at how much you learn and how much you improve yourself. From a coach's perspective, can you tell me what your favorite thing is about coaching and meeting with different medical students? You know, it's very similar to why I teach personal essay at Georgetown, because there's a moment at which the students realize, or suddenly realize that being vulnerable and sharing their life stories is that's what leaders do. Leaders are vulnerable and they realize that by being vulnerable, they're stronger, but there's a light that comes on in their eyes and you know that they got it. Elizabeth, what's your favorite thing about coaching? Feeling like, you know, you've been walking in the dark and so confused with all your, with all your thoughts whirring around in there and ruminating. And then suddenly someone sort of turns the light on and you're able to somewhat make sense of all of the commotion in there and have, you know, maybe not all the answers, but have an idea of what steps you're going to take in your next few steps forward. 
I love that. I think my favorite thing about coaching was this feeling of progress. When I went to coaching, I felt that for that one hour session, I was actually seeing progress that was being made and uh, just like right before my eyes. And I felt like this was something that I was being present in the moment. And I was just so happy to be in that space. And then I think building that kind of like mindset that I built like in my coaching sessions and then bringing that into every single day, um, the late hours studying all the different bacteria and sitting there and then realizing, you know, like I can still be present in the moment here, even though my coach isn't here, I'm not in a coaching session. I can still implement those strategies that we've discussed and that thought process that we discussed in our session here as well. So I think that feeling of, I guess, like empowerment within yourself where it's you're utilizing all of that optimism and discipline and drive that got you into medical school in the first place that you might forget through the like different, the the grind, through the grind of medical school, (laughs) that coaching helps you remember again. It, it reminds you who you are again. I guess that reminder really helps getting through lectures. (laughs) Absolutely. That's beautiful. Thank you both so much for making the time for us today. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add about a whole new doctor or coaching before we finish up our session here? No, just that we're about ready to do. What date is it in October? October 30th. So Georgetown students, check your inbox. <laughs> Keep an eye out. Yeah, come have a good time. Is the workshop this year going to be virtual or in person? In person. Yay. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting us. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in again with Beyond the Rx. Like and follow to keep up with our episodes. And it's always a beautiful day to learn how to save lives. Have a great day.